This is the MedTech True Quality Stories podcast. Each week, we embark on a new storytelling journey with different MedTech executives as they share real-world, actionable best practices for medical device leaders. You'll gain invaluable insights into how these industry pioneers are successfully imagining, implementing, and improving true quality medical devices. Now here's your host, John Spear, founder and vice president of Quality Assurance and Regulatory Affairs at Greenlight Guru. Hello and welcome to MedTech True Quality Stories, a new podcast that we're launching here at Greenlight Guru, and this is your host, the founder and VP of Quality and Regulatory at Greenlight Guru, John Spear. Pretty excited today. Uh, with me on the MedTech True Quality Stories, we have Shelta Post. Shelta is the Quality Manager with MR Coils. Shelta, welcome. Hi, John. Thanks. Happy to be here. So tell us a little bit about MR Coils, I'm, and I'll, I'll give you, I, I don't know if you've heard this from our team, but uh, some of our team, they're not familiar with MR, what that means. They looked at the name of the company and they, they call you Mr. Coils. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but what does MR Coils do? So that, that happens a lot. So yeah, we're, um, so we have this company, MR Coils. So what we do is we build, we develop coils for MRI systems. And magnetic resonance imaging. So basically, so I have a business administration background. So I usually, when I explain things, I don't tend to use the technical terms. So basically, what it is, an MRI scanner creates perfect 3D images. And sometimes, when they feel that uh, in creating an image, of, when they want to zoom in on certain aspects of the body, so let's say the head, they would like they tend to use accessories. So in this case, yeah. the head. Or, for instance, if they want to take a further look into your, your knee, they, they need to use a knee coil. Yeah. That's basically what we develop. Very cool. Um, yeah, and the, the fun thing is uh, um, we don't develop it for the, for the current market. We develop it for the market which is up and coming, meaning that the current market uh, facilitates free Tesla MRI devices, but we're already working on the, the 7 Tesla, the 9.4 MRI. Oh, wow. Fields. Wow. And so just for those that may not be super familiar with uh, MRI, um, mm -hmm. the different Tesla that has to do with, I mean, it's a higher Tesla. I, I, I'm a little bit of a lay person here, so correct what I might misstate, but, but that basically means higher precision, higher quality imaging. Is, is that a good way to think about that? Yeah, definitely. I'd say higher, so higher performance uh, resulting in either, either faster imaging or better imaging, so a higher resolution imaging. Oh, that's cool. So I, I feel like we at uh, Greenlight get to live a little vicariously through our customers uh, from time to time. And, you know, MR Coils is certainly one of those situations. I guess I'm a little curious if you could give us some background. What led you to the medical device industry? You know, what was it that, was there some sort of calling? Was it a job opportunity? You know, give us a little bit of, of background on how you dove into the med device industry and some of your thoughts about why quality is important. So I have a business administration background and I started in consulting for about six years. And it's a six years in operational excellence, so to speak. So a lean Six Sigma process improvement. So I, I, I was always fond of the, the, the quality improvement side of, of, of processes. The thing is with consulting, you get to see different markets. And for me, at some point, I had a preference to look more into the, the medical market. So what I did after consulting is actually got an internal advisory function within a hospital. Again, in process improvement. 
And yeah, that really got me going. So the medical side of things, healthcare was really the market that, that, that was for me, so to speak. Though the crisis hit a few years ago here, and basically there was no more room in the hospital. And then there was this brilliant engineer in my vicinity, my family, uh, who said, I, I just started this, 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 uh, this small company in MR, and I need someone with a bit of a process and quality improvement background who's willing to help me out getting this up and running. And I was person number six in that in that company. I, I, oh wow! I think, why the why the hell not? I just jumped in, <laughs> and now we're with, with about one hundred people over here. So yeah, holy we're, cow! We're growing and growing, and it's uh, yeah. But medical, you know, it's really fun to be in development, in medical device development, not just because of the technical aspect, but also knowing that you're well, you're helping out. Sounds a bit cliche, but it's really. Yeah, for me to to make the difference. I mean, no, I don't think it sounds cliche because at Greenlight Guru, I mean, that's that's what we're all about is improving the quality of life. And and this is like I said, part of how you know maybe we live a little vicariously through our customers. You know, the way we see improving the quality of life is we we built uh, a purpose, uh, you know, a, a solution for an EQMS built for the medical device industry for the challenges of the medical device industry. So, you know, in, in a sense, we're helping you get through those, those regulatory hurdles, those quality obstacles a little bit smoother, which in yeah. turn allows you to get your product to those who can benefit from that a little bit sooner as well. And, and at the same time, hopefully we're making your life a little bit easier. That's, that's what we're trying to do anyway. But Shelta, you know, you talked about being employee number six and now you're in the hundreds. I mean, talk about that journey because I, I know a lot of folks that are going to be listening to this podcasts or might be somewhere in that journey as well. I mean, that's, and, and you've done it in a relatively short time too. I mean, to go from single digit employees to in the hundreds, I mean, you've been doing this what, about four years. Is that right? Yeah. The company uh, is, is five and a half years ago. Okay. Started the company, And I've been in for three and a half uh, right now. So uh, yeah, we've been growing really, really fast. And, and, and the key to that is there's basically, there's all kinds of investments into newer MR scanners, but the, the related devices, there's really barely any competition, barely any really in innovations on the, the accessory part. And so a coil is an accessory yeah. of the MR scanner, but there's really barely any competitors except for researchers within academic hospitals, academic centers. So that's where we dove in. So we had the connection with the big MR vendors in the world. We had the connections with the researchers and developers within the world. Within the Netherlands, there's a big center of researchers purely invested on, on, on MR. And that's where we have some good connections. So we had, we had the means to, to jump into that market. And we're doing it successfully. And uh, well, word spreads around. And that's why we tend to grow so fast. Oh wow, and and so I think the the growth is probably fueled, as you said. There's there's sounds like there was definitely a need that wasn't being met in the marketplace, and and I I think that's something key for those listening who maybe have a, an idea or are maybe in a startup now is is you have to have a clinical need that you're you're meeting. You have to you have to solve a true problem, and I think that's really important. And I think sometimes, sadly or unfortunately, people don't don't put enough emphasis on that. Have you had any experience where you had to shift or pivot along the way? No, no. Well, well that's good. That means that you guys had to, had it pretty dialed in from, from uh, early days. So you, you, and I know you came in after the company had already had some traction and some progress, but 
I guess, give a sense for where was the company? I mean, were you still in development when you joined or had they, the company already gotten some regulatory clearance? No regulatory clearance whatsoever. We were at that, at that moment when I started, we just started uh, developing, no, offering development services for research devices. So no medical devices whatsoever. The, the, the impact of what was actually needed for our company to go into medical devices, so to speak, that, that came when I, when I arrived, so to speak. Oh, okay. We, we, we really underestimated the amount of regulatory, the, the things needed to get a medical device up and running. It was, uh, I see. What, yeah, I mean, the, the company was, was set up by a technical engineer with a, with a brilliant idea, and, and that still works for us for now, but, but it's just the addition of regulatory compliance and complying to all the standards needed in this area of expertise. It's, it's huge. Yeah. And looking back, the effort that we have taken in these last three years to get it up and running and to go successfully through all the audits, it's not easy being a small medical <laughs> device. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Speaking to not being easy, but what have, what have been some of the challenges that you, you've had to deal with? I'd say just complying in general. So let's say that the total design, setting up a proper design file for each of our prototypes, setting up a proper manufacturing manufacturing records, testing, improving, continuously daily improving the way we specify and the way we verify. But all in general, setting up a proper design history file for each of our new uh, prototypes that that has been very challenging and then yeah and secondly uh, changes and making sure that changes are are being processed correctly and change wow. management traceability uh, yeah all the obvious aspects yeah really. yeah and i know that mr coils as well it's been a, a bit but i know that you recently went through the the iso 1345 2016 certification process yes. and congr- congratulations by the way uh, achieving that certification is a significant milestone and mm-hmm. I, I guess talk uh, you're welcome talk a little bit about that i mean had you had prior experience at implementing a quality management system yes we had some experience in the 9001 certification but that is, yeah, that, that was miles off compared to, to, compared to this. This is, this, is, this is way more investment of, of time and effort. So a lot of this was actually very new to us, but we, we took our time to get there. I think it took us about a year and a half to get things properly installed and prepared for our first audit. Yeah, and one of the things that I've heard you say and share with the audience today is it sounds like there was a, an understanding within the company from even early days of how important it is to have good design history files and good documentation during the design and development process. You didn't say anything about risk management, but I have to believe there was probably a lot of effort in documenting risk. You know, you, you had experience with 9001, you transitioned to 1345, you were deliberate about that process. Can you speak a little bit to how the organization has viewed quality, you know, maybe from, from day one, when you were employee number six, uh, even until today when you have well over 100 employees. Can you talk about the, the mindset, the culture of quality, if you will? That is a very hard question. <laughs> so, all, I think that the mindset of quality has been improving day by day. As in, with a small company, you can't expect everyone to have the total 
image of what is what is needed for 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 setting up the the, the prototype and and being critical on on a, a thousand and one aspects. Whereas nowadays, right. everyone is up to speed and knows what is expected, knows exactly which the de- deliverable at what point, and how to manage risk in every part of your design, your build, your testing phase. I'd say it has majorly improved over time. Yeah. We have to keep it practical with six people. Uh, we still have to keep it practical with 100 people, but we have more capacity to to extend our file. I mean, I, I would have to guess, Shata, that from six people to 100 people, that there was an evolution of your practices. I mean, what you did in early days, you, you could probably get by with a little bit more informal uh, processes, if you will, because you got six people, and and as you start to grow, you you probably have gone through this journey where you started to realize, wow, we need to better define this process, or we might need to d- establish a working structure here. Could, I mean, has that been the case that you, that you've yes. observed? Yeah, okay. And yeah, so, more more standardization of processes. Yeah, uh, more, spending more time on actual. Uh, uh, let's say in the in the in the old days, <laughs> uh, you would spend like two or three days on setting up the initial risks and requirements and verifications. But nowadays, you you would spend multiple weeks on getting these things written out and reviewed and written out again and improved. And you take more time because uh, so w- on one hand you feel there's more needed from compliance aspect, but also there's more needed from our, uh, we are more experienced. Uh, we're, we're three years, we have three years more experience. So we have way more risks and requirements and user needs and verifications to, to take into account. Uh, our experience grows and so does our file. So right. Right. And so today, you know, you've, like I said, you've got that ISO 1345 certification. Mm-hmm. I guess for those who are listening who might be considering that process, I guess give a little bit of perspective of what that that audit situation was like. I mean, was it stressful? Was it was it challenging? Can you talk a little bit about those experiences for, for those that maybe haven't been through that before? Yeah. Okay. So was it challenging and stressful? Yes, very much. Because you want to be prepared for everything. From the scope up until the, the last detailed working instruction, you want to have everything in place. And when the audit starts, you can show them everything. That being said, the first audit is also for the for the auditor to get a good initial grasp of the company. Does he does he go into every file to see if every detail is there? No, of course not. They want to see within that audit, which in our case took about three days, if we have a good grasp on what ISO is about. Do we grasp our scope? Do we have a good idea of how our processes work? Do we register everything at the right spot? Do we have the people in the right place? Do we have the means at the right place? And do what is our definition of quality and how do we make sure that, that it's in our product, in our process, in our in our means? And that's something he wants to see. And it's so it's you have to realize you don't have to worry about making sure that everything is there. You have to prove to them that you have a good grasp of what quality management is about. So it's gonna be at some points it's gonna be pretty generic. But you can expect some detailed questions, but don't expect them to go through everything. So right. in the end, I was, I was more, more worried of the audit than, than I should have been because we, we had a perfect grasp here of, of what was needed and where we're going towards. That being said, huh, that, so that was the first audit. Uh, in two months, we will have the, third surveillance, uh, the second surveillance audit, and they will go full into the uh, development files. Now, that's a different perspective. Then they will go through uh, all the details. But don't expect that of your first audit. All right. Well, talk a little bit about that. So that uh, it's kind of an escalation process, I guess, right? Uh, where 
you know, the, the first time you go through this, to your point, it's, it's making sure that you and the team has a grasp of and an understanding of what's expected from a quality management system. Yeah. So then as you, you know, go through the second, third and, you know, subsequent audits, mm-hmm. there's, there's a growing expectation that not only do you have a grasp of it, but that you're actually practicing it, uh, the, the, the concepts that you're actually generating the necessary records and activities. So talk a little bit about, about that. I mean, has that changed uh, sort of the approach or the mindset? I mean, what is, do you still have a fear of going or a concern about being prepared for that next audit? So it's in my nature to always have a healthy fear of, of, of all of these audits, uh, yes. <laughs> so what happens eh, in subsequent audits is that, like you said, uh, practice what you preach. And it just means for us that we need to make sure that everything is in there, that uh, we're, we've been working according to a certain development process in the, in the last year and a half. And that should show in our files, in our DHF, in our development, in our risk management. And that's actually what we're doing. Well, that's, that was one of the reasons why we actually uh, came into contact with, with, with you guys because we needed something that could actually support our, our needs for, for setting up a proper file and setting up proper changes and, and, and stuff like that. So, we're well, it's, it's in, in two months they will be here and uh, looking at our current files, I'm nowhere worried really. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, I, and folks, this is one of the things that, you know, I've been in this industry for 20 years and, and shelter's right. You should always have worry feels like the wrong word, but, but you should always be uh, a little bit, uh, have a little bit of anxiety, a healthy anxiety, if there's such a thing for these types of events, not because, you know, you're doing anything wrong or anything like that, but you should just, you know, make sure, you know, that you have your finger on the pulse of, of what you're doing on the day to day basis. And, and what I'm hearing Shelter share is that, you know, they've embraced true quality within their organization. They're, they've understood the, the aspects and the, the expectations of all the requirements of 1345, and they made this a part of their business. Is that a fair statement? That's a very good statement, yes. Yeah. I think it's true. Yeah, and the other thing that, that I want you to hear from what Shelter is sharing is uh, he's not worried about this next audit because he knows that, that they're operating uh, their business, that they're managing their processes, that they're doing the things that they need to do uh, when they need to do them. And this is one of those things where, you know, looking back on my career, I saw a lot of companies struggle or, or have a fear, honestly, of these audits because, you know, they, there would be this fire drill, you know, a few days before, you know, we've got to do this, we've got to clean this, we've got to update that. We've got to... Folks, you need to be ready for an audit at any time. Just, this is business as usual. This is what, uh, you, you know, there's a bit of an interruption that an audit presents, of course, because you've got an outside person coming in and looking at different documents and records and so on. But for the most part, this should be business as usual. This shouldn't change your practice just to, to try to satisfy an auditor. So, Shelta, you know, I know there are folks that are listening who are, you know, they might be working for that six-person company. Uh, they might be working for, you know, the hundred-person company. They might be working for companies that are much larger. From your perspective, from your experience, uh, what lessons or, or advice or, or tips would you share with a medical device professional? Maybe things that you learned the hard way, maybe things that that you implemented that like, wow, this has made a big difference, or uh, things that you did that didn't go so well. Anything that you can share uh, as some advice to to other medical device professionals? 
So yeah, there are two uh, lessons that uh, both of them, I think we, we learned the hard way. And one of them is no matter how much extra time you feel it should take, please make sure you have a good preparation. And preparation as in, as in the, the, the first part of the project is the most essential one. Please make sure you have a proper intake because it is the, decides your risk. It, 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 it's, a, it's a basis for your risk. It's a basis for your requirements. It's a basic for, for, for all the steps you take. And I'm saying that because we had several times in which we did development and we, we developed something which, and then halfway we figured out it wasn't really what the customer wanted. And this is something about traceability as well. The preparation is, is half the work, so to speak. So please, it's a, the preparation part, no matter how much time it takes, you spend your time there. You don't want to build something that the customer doesn't want. So that's one. And okay. the other one about a quality management system, specifically, specifically in a fast-growing company, you have to realize that, that the compliance, the regulatory burden for this and the, the burden for setting up a proper file is huge. So it is, it is important to have this implemented and supported uh, stress support in the company as, as much as possible. And in our case, support from management and, uh, and CEO board level from an early level on is, is essential. So please get your board, uh, uh, board and management aboard as soon as possible. And I know in some cases, at least that's what I, I struggled in some cases to get the other managers aboard because this isn't always an easy subject, medical devices, DHF, quality management. It's not an easy subject. doesn't mean you don't get, have to get, uh, you. it means you have to get all your managers aboard because they need to support the engineers and the engineers have to do the work. Yeah, that's good advice. Well, Shelter, I appreciate you taking time. I know you're busy. I know a lot of things going on at MR Coils. Uh, you know, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of hiring. I know how much time, effort, and energy that takes, and you're, you're bringing new products to market. Again, folks, uh, check out what MR Coils is, is doing, some of their exciting products, some of the things that they, they've been up to in the MRI space. You can go to mrcoils.com. I've been talking to Shelter Post. Uh, Shelter is the quality manager at MR Coils, and you have been listening to MedTech True Quality Stories.